Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. everyone. Welcome back to Paranormal Heart. I'm your host, Cat Ward. Folks, this is episode five already. And before I get to my next guest, I wanted to mention where you can find my show. Uh, you can find me at Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Google+, YouTube with Conflict Radio, as well as my own YouTube channel called Paranormal Heart. But look for the Black Cat logo, because if you just type in Paranormal Heart, It'll probably bring you to Conflict Radio. So on YouTube, just look for the black cat logo. And with that being said, that little kitty needs a name. So if you guys happen to have a name in mind, I'd really appreciate you letting me know. Uh, maybe there'll be a paranormal heart mug in it for you for the, for the winner. So if you wanted to send me your cat's name, you can send that at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. Okay, so my next guest... He is in Alberta here, and you've probably heard me talk about the Wainwright Haunted House that I was very, very fortunate enough to partake in. And my next guest, he is the mastermind behind the Wainwright Haunted House, and he has a few stories of his own that he would like to share with us. So please help me welcome Mike Como. Hey, Mike. Hey. How's it going? Good. Yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks for being here. Hey, no problem. Love to do it. So... You have some experiences that you'd like to share with us. Well, there's a few. Yeah, there's a few. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I'm one of those type of skeptic people that, you know, have to see to believe. And, well, you know, I have seen. So I do believe in a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> that's, that's usually how a lot of people are. Um, a lot of skeptics until they actually encounter something. And then it's like, oh, okay, maybe there is something to it. Yeah, I never rule anything out. Yeah, you know, keep an open mind on everything and anything. Yeah, for sure. So where would you like to start? Um, I don't know. Uh, so I'm originally from Nova Scotia, mm -hmm. uh, Yarmouth County. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of people might have heard. Uh, they have a series of books out. They're called Luno's Ghost Stories. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think there's like six or seven episodes of the book. I'm not sure. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I've been around a lot of places that are, you know, there's a lot of paranormal activity that is out there that uh, I have witnessed a few. Uh, one in particular that will always stick in my mind is uh, I lived in a place called Salmon River. And my sister lived on a, in a place, uh, an old house on a hill, uh, in a place where we call down around the S-curves. Uh, so one night about two in the morning, now keep in mind, my sister and brother-in-law did not have power upstairs in their house at all. So about two o'clock in the morning, I'm on my way home and I happened to, you know, glance as I drove by their house and noticed a light on upstairs. So the next day, uh, 
I went over for coffee and I asked him, I said, when did you get power upstairs? And she says, we don't have power upstairs. Hmm. I said, what do you mean? She says, we don't have power upstairs. I said, well, there was a light on in Sean's bedroom. Now, Sean is my, was my nephew, which unfortunately passed away at three months of SIDS. So uh, they never had power upstairs, and they just had a lamp that sat on a nightstand next to its crib. And uh, when I drove by that night, there was a light on in the ceiling. So uh, it kind of confused me a little bit. And then, uh, you know, when I confronted them and asked them when they had power, and they thought I was crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, yeah, there, there's definitely, there was definitely a light on in his bedroom. Did they ever encounter anything themselves? Yes. Um, it would be the day of their christening, of his christening. Uh, so one of the weird things was after his christening, they all went out to the cemetery where my grandparents have, were are laid to rest, and uh, they took a photo of all the grandkids. And the freakiest thing is, is Sean, in the photo, he is sitting in the exact spot of where he's buried, which was kind of weird. Yeah. So... After that, they all went back to my sister's place, uh, sat around, and they were, you know, controversing and, you know, having a social or whatnot. And it was like a gust of wind opened the front door, blew through the house, opened the front door or the back door, and closed it on its way through. Hmm. Um, and it it put goosebumps on everybody. Like, everybody just packed up and came to my mom's. They didn't want no <laughs> part of that at all. That stopped everyone in their tracks. Yeah. But prior to that, uh, one night they were, my sister and brother-in-law were sleeping. And my sister was woke up because she heard voices in the house. So she heard it for a little bit. And then she woke up her, her husband uh, and, uh, and said, look, Robert, there's somebody in the house. So Robert sat up and they both sat there for a few minutes listening. They could hear the voices but couldn't make anything out. Uh, they couldn't understand what they were talking about or anything, but they heard them. So uh, my brother-in-law grabbed the closest thing he could think of, which happened to be a bat that was behind his bedroom door. So he proceeds to go downstairs. Front door is locked. Back door is locked. All the lights are off. Nobody around. He went out and walked around the house, come back in. There's nobody. So they got to thinking. And so we sat down with my mom because my mom was into a lot of this stuff too. Uh, and we started, you know, reminiscing back on uh, things and occurrences that happened. And what it was is they figured that the voices my sister and them heard was everybody the day of the christening. Wow. Sitting down around. Some of the things that they could almost make out mm -hmm. kind of clued in after, you know, you got sitting and thinking and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, those were the voices they heard was actually them downstairs talking. That day of the christening. That's really interesting. That it, yeah, yeah. I mean it it yeah, it sent shivers. <laughs> like hmm. it's interesting. When you when you when you 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 hear a lot of things, uh you can see a lot of things, but you don't clue into it right away. Yeah. And you kind of have to, you know, take the back seat and sit back and just, you know, listen mm -hmm. and think about it. And yeah, you'd be surprised at the hmm. the answers that you come up with. Sometimes it takes a while for your brain to process what you just witnessed. Yeah, yeah, very. I, I have never, ever 
had a bird hit my windows mm -hmm. ever. So one day I'm walking in Vermilion and I'm walking down the side street and I heard this kerthunk, mm -hmm. a squeal, and that was it. I just happened to look over and there's a bird flew into the window hard enough that caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. So I picked it up and set it in the tree. Mm -hmm. Never thought any more of it. Uh, six months later, my mom passed away. Wow. Uh, so I calculated back to the day that that happened mm -hmm. to the day my mom passed away. It was exactly six months to the day. Hmm. And for that, for those of you who don't know, is classified as a forerunner. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Wow. I didn't even know that. No, no. There's some things I don't share. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for those who don't know, forerunners, I haven't known one to be uh, violent. They just predict or give you a sign of what's to come. Mm -hmm. um, my... My uncle, here's a, here's a funny story for you. So my uncle, uh, he's, I, I do believe, I can't remember, it's vaguely, I can't remember exactly, but I do believe it was a wedding mm -hmm. that everybody was home for. So my uncle's brother came and was staying with, and we called him Uncle Archie. And he told us for years that his house was haunted by a lady named Grace Kelly. Uh, Not the Grace Kelly. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is the name was Grace Kelly. Is yeah. who he called her. Hmm. So this one particular day, uh, his brother and and I I'm bad for names. I can't remember his name, but he came after the ceremony and that he was going to go and have a nap. So he went back to my uncle Archie's, sat down on the couch, took a boot off, and he said he heard a voice saying, "It's just you and me now." So he never thought anything of it, proceeded to take the next boot off. Hmm. And again, he heard the same word, same phrase. It's just you and me now. So the funniest thing was, is when he told us the story, he said, but I put my other boot back on <laughs> the third time they said it. Uh, and I quote, it's just you and me now. He says, it's just going to be you as soon as I get this <laughs> other boot on my foot. Uh, and I thought it was just a gimmick or, you know, just a little joke mm -hmm. that he made up or something. The man would not set foot in his house wow. after that day. It was his own house? No, it was his brother's house. Oh, his brother's house. house, right. Yes. So he would come and visit his brother. Mm -hmm. We'd sit out on the lawn or out on the deck. He would not enter the house. Hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, okay. And then, you know, you ask questions. So I was talking to my Uncle Archie and he says, yeah, that would have been Grace Kelly. So, if anybody knows anything about Nova Scotia, uh, up and around the, the, the Kentville area, mm -hmm. now where my Uncle Archie and Aunt Lil lived, uh, there's a place, uh, we called it the dump. Mm -hmm. So, it's up around a gravel pit and up over a hill, and it's up in there. Well, way back in, I'm going to say the early 30s, early 40s, they used to hang people as trials, right? Mm -hmm. Like way yeah. back when. Uh there was an old tree up there, which was called, uh, they call, nicknamed it Hangman's Bluff. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that is actually in the Blue Nose Ghost Book. Mm -hmm. If you get the right, if you get the right uh, season, mm -hmm. uh, it is actually in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they give a little write-up on it. And whatnot. So, yeah. So, you know, like I said, I 
I'm a skeptic. I need to see to believe. I don't rule anything out. Same as UFOs. Yeah. I've never seen one. I'm not going to say there isn't one. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. So the the voice that he heard for the uh, it's just you and me now was it a woman's voice? A woman's voice. A woman's yes. Voice. Yep. Wow. He he specifically said it was a woman's voice. Mm-hmm. And after that day, he would not set foot in his brother's house after that. And I take it his brother had already experienced something similar in the house. Uncle Archie did, but he never ever talked about it. That's too bad. He always he always stated that um, you know some things are better left unsaid mm-hmm. because us being kids. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some families, oh, yeah, they thrive on, you know, ghost stories and scaring people and whatnot. Uncle Archie was a little different. He didn't mind telling the stories, Mm -hmm. um, but didn't want to frighten you in the process because he always liked people coming around and enjoyed it. And, and, you know, uh, he didn't want to tamper with anything like that. So a lot of it he kept to himself. He didn't really share a lot. Um, Maybe it's because he experienced something that really, really creeped him out. See, in... That is the next, about it. and and exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really uh, brought the subjects up. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get into it much when I was that young. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. if I knew it back then, oh, there'd be a whole pile of questions I'd ask. Oh, like yeah, I'd have sure. dug and dug and dug. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, one one particular, my grandfather, come on, um, he was military, mm-hmm. and the one thing he uh, really stressed upon is you weren't allowed to play cards on a Sunday. Um, that was mm-hmm. ab- absolutely taboo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one day uh, I asked about it. I was, you know, um, curious. So he told me a story. Um, now, I didn't believe it at first, but this is how the story went. Um, they were playing poker on a Sunday night. On the farm where I used to live, uh, up in the, the, the Wolfville area of Nova Scotia. Yep. So there was, uh, let's see, there was my dad, my grandfather, my uncle Harvey, uh, a couple other uncles. I can't remember which one. I think it was Uncle David and Uncle Billy, or t- I can't remember exactly who was all present. Mm-hmm. So there was a strange knock came to the door. So. Anybody knows in Nova Scotia, a stranger can knock on somebody's door. You're going to open the door and welcome them with open arms. Yep. It's no, that, that is what Nova Scotian, Nova Scotia people do. Yep. That is a maritime thing. So they invited this fellow in to come in and get warm because it was a snowstorm outside. So he asked a question. He said, what are you guys playing? They all said poker. And he says, oh, he says, I'm not, he, you know, he, he, he didn't seem to be much of a gambling man, but he says, I can bet you that I can sew 12 buttons across my chest and not draw a drop of blood. Well, you know, if you came from any, if you knew any of my family's relatives, <laughs> generally when they're drinking, it's they want on. to see it. It's on. You bring yeah. it, right? So, so sure enough, they accepted the challenge. So he sat there. Actually, my mom dug out the needle and thread. And so it began. After he was done, he took all the winnings off the table that he had collected from doing so, mm-hmm. and he left. Uh, so, and I can't remember what he left behind. He left something behind, either on the chair or on the table, or whatever. So, you know, guys got up. I think it was my dad that got up and grabbed whatever it was and went out the door. No sign of it. The only thing left behind 
was a set of hoof prints that went from the front door out and around back of the house, mm-hmm. gone. Hoof prints. Hoof prints. Wow. That that is what I was told. Now I didn't believe it at first mm-hmm. until I asked my uncle Harvey, mm-hmm. my grandfather, my dad, and one of my uncles. All at random. Once I thought back on it, all at random, and each one said the same story. So, you know, you can be a little skeptic. I definitely was. Yeah. Um, but my dad has never lied in a day of his life. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was military. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all drinking. Yes, I'll grant you that. Yep. But, again, you got to see to believe. Mm-hmm. And take everything with a grain of salt. So, yeah. I take it they didn't play cards on a Sunday again? My grandfather that? would not let you take a deck of cards out on a Sunday. Hmm. He and, and he was really adamant about it. Yeah. Uh, I can still picture my grandparents' house. Um, he had a day bed underneath the kitchen window. Mm-hmm. Rocking chair in the middle of the floor. And with a stand next to it that folded out in front of the rocking chair so you could... And the TV was up on top of the fridge. Mm-hmm. So you could sit in the kitchen, watch TV, and do a puzzle or whatever in the rocket chair. Mm-hmm. And this one day, reached down, grabbed a deck of cards, took them out of the box, and my grandfather laid on to me like he wouldn't believe. Wow. Yeah, cards went put away. <laughs> ever since then, never, ever took a pair out. Never took a set of cards out on a Sunday when he was around. Yeah. And it took a long time before my dad would even play cards again on a Sunday. Hmm. After a while, yeah. After a few years, we, you know, used so you, to play. you play every... cards on a Sunday? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm game for anything. But, yeah. No, it's, and, and like I said, it's like I don't rule anything out. Um, you know, everybody has their own beliefs and, 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 and reasonings and mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, I don't deprive anybody of any of it. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, you have to believe. But just keep an open mind. For sure. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And then um, when I moved to Alberta, um, I was in bed one night. And this this probably happened to me. And I kid you not, I got goosebumps. My goosebumps have babies. <laughs> so. Well, this is going to be a good one. Then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm laying in bed. Now, I've had, uh, I've had I don't know if you want to say they were visions or whatever deja vu yeah very quite often Mm -hmm. i'll get so this these i'm gonna say probably a half a dozen times three or four of the times i haven't even mentioned it to my wife because she'd go ballistic and gone so um i'm laying in bed this is about 1 32 o'clock in the morning and i wake up because somebody is sitting on the foot of my bed now um Say what you want, but when I'm in my bed mm-hmm. or in my own space, I know when someone's invaded. Yes. So, and then it's like it's like you're in a trance. You know it's there. You know what's happening, but you cannot move. You're in a state that um, it's like I'm wide awake. I feel it. I know it's there, mm-hmm. but you cannot see it. And you haven't got the strength to move. You haven't got the strength to even pull the blanket off. Mm-hmm. 
or anything. And this has happened to me probably a half a dozen times in the present house that I'm living in now. Wow. And I am safely in, in belief that it is my grandmother. Really? When my grandmother passed away, this would have been on a, it would have been about eight, no, no, it would have been about nine, nine thirty at night. Mm -hmm. Every night before my grandmother went to bed, um, I would go out, go out in the kitchen, I'd get her a cup of tea, mm -hmm. and I'd get myself a cup of tea. I'd go in and I'd sit with her just about every night. It was like a routine. Hmm. I'd come home and I'd, we'd sit and we'd have a key. So this one particular night, she was having a hard time breathing. Bottom story is she passed away, uh -huh. but she passed away in my arms. I held her up. Um, I moved her to a chair. Mm -hmm. I brought her back to the bed. Um... But by that time she was she was done. We called the the ambulance. Showed up. They tried to re resuscitate her and whatnot. It was just too far. She did, she passed away at eighty nine. Um, it's a good age. Yep. But her and I were really close. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that particular night, my brother, he was driving home. He had just left the house and he was driving home. My uncle Harvey was with him, so he wasn't alone. They were on their way now. Earlier, I mentioned my sister lived in a house on a hill. Mm -hmm. Okay. When my brother approached... The one with the light. The one with the light. Yep. Yes. When my brother approached the house driveway, he slowed down to almost a stop to let a little old lady cross the road. My Uncle Harvey looked at him and thought he had two heads. <laughs> and he says, what are you doing? He says, well, I stopped to let her go by. Uncle Harvey looked out and says, let who go by? Hmm. My brother Mark... Seeing the woman cross the street, he actually slowed down so he wouldn't hit her. He slowed down so she could get across the street. Mm -hmm. My Uncle Harvey sitting right next to him didn't see it. Hmm. Did not see anything. And we calculated back the moment my grandmother passed away, mm -hmm. she was crossing the street to go where my nephew was. The, the one who passed away for yeah. six. That's what we're thinking. Wow. Like, I don't know, there, there, there's a connection there somewhere. I'd be darned if I can figure out what the connection is. So you think it might be your grandmother going over to see, what was the baby's name? Sean. Sean. Yes. Yep. So maybe to bring him to wherever. Whatever the case wow. may be. Yeah. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, like I said, just a lot, of, a lot of chain of events happened that you can't explain. Mm -hmm. Like how often does anybody go to a cemetery and take a picture of a tombstone? Yeah. Right. This is just something that my sister wanted to do mm -hmm. just so that my nephew had a some type of connection with his great-grandparents. Mm -hmm. And you could probably, I could give you the names and phone numbers of those who were at the christening mm -hmm. that can verify what I just told you. Mm -hmm. um, my stepmom, <clears throat> which is with my dad now, uh, she'll swear up and down that's... Sure. Yeah, because she was she was there. <laughs> like, um, like I said, I I need I need to see to believe, and certain things will kind of understand it, but mm -hmm. there's just parts that don't fit into place that still got a lot of connecting the dots to do. Right. But there is a lot. There there is a fair amount. Like Nova Scotia is noted for a lot of paranormal. Stuff. Yeah, the Maritimes. Yeah, the yeah. Maritimes. We lived in a town called Salmon River. Yeah, so in 
In the, Novus, uh, in the Blue Nose Ghost Books, uh, there is one particular story that stuck in with me, uh, and it has to do with uh, the actual Salmon River River. So in this episode, uh, they talk about um, there has been, mm, there's been a few people. I don't know exactly. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I read the book, um, but there's this a particular night or a time in an, let me rephrase that there's a particular date with a specific time that you go to the river and a, a, a boat will come to the shore and it'll be some type something dressed in a cloak he'll put his hand out you put a token in his hand he lets you in the boat, and he's supposed to take you to a place where all your fame and fortune and riches is, is what you collect. Um, now, in the book, there is a number of people that have done that and has never been seen since. Hmm. Uh, like I said, uh, a lot of that, a lot of the information you get... Anyone who's interested in stuff like that, uh, like I said, the Blue Nose Ghost Books will give you a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff and a lot of paranormal activity that, that is in the Maritimes um, and have been researched and documented and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'd urge anybody to, to read those books. Yeah. I'm have to look those up. I wonder if the local library has them. Uh, I'm not sure, but I do have three or four copies at home that I can let you... You know, browse through them, look at them, uh, read them. Thanks. Yeah. Um, every time there's a new episode or a new book that comes out, I usually get my dad to, you know, find out where he can get it and pitch, purchase me a copy of it. I can't remember how many books I have, but hmm. uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there that that is quite interesting. Hmm. And right out your back door, you wouldn't even know it, with unless you know, unless of course you bump into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as I mentioned in the beginning, um, you have your hand in the Wainwright Haunted House. Yes. And how many years have you been doing it now? In Wainwright, I've done it here. This would have been my 10th year. So it would be coming on 11 years I've done it here. Hmm. Um, now, before I moved here, we used to do it back east in my mother's house. Now, we live in a house. It's probably 130-odd years old. So it's an old house on a hill. Uh it suits. Mm. And what we've done, and a lot of people say I'm sadistic. Well, I got it from my mother. So, um, I she don't know was how you twice, sleep at night. She was twice as bad as I am. Oh. So, um, we used to empty out the bottom half of their house. Whatever we couldn't get out the door, we used as a prop. Mm -hmm. Like the couch we couldn't move, we used it. That was our coffin. <laughs> you know, we, we, we do a lot of them. But I mean, we used to run it. We, we had a lot of fun with that. Always did. Now here, uh, a couple of years ago, we done it in the old Wainwright Hotel, which was said to be kind of haunted. Mm -hmm. uh, now, personally, myself, love the building, love the location, but never once got spooked in there from doing the haunted house. The present location that we're in now, which is the OPMC, which is the old skating rink, the confectionery area out front. I get more goosebumps there than I do that I did in the haunted uh, in the ho hotel. 
That's Did, supposed to be really, really that's haunting. That's really supposed to be really, yeah. really haunting. Yeah. Um, uh, it's the same, um, like I said, I never, I never got any vibes from the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I spent a lot of long hours there. Um, same as I do in the old PMC building, which we're in now. Uh, and sometimes I will scare myself. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and I, think, I think it has a lot to do with being in an enclosed area. Because over in the PMC, we're in a smaller building. Mm-hmm. So you're a lot more congested, a lot more enclosed. Yep. Whereas the hotel, you're wide open. Right? So, yeah, it's, it's different. Um, for those of you who don't know, the old Wainwright Hotel has been gutted. Uh, there was a, a, a bad fire back in 1929. Uh, took out most of the town. Um, if memory serves, it even took out the fire marshal's house yep. as well as a fire hall. Yes. Yeah. And um, so they rebuilt the hotel and they decided to use continuous poured concrete, which back in the day was unheard of because yep. logistics, logistically, it would have been a nightmare trying to get it here. Yeah. Because um, back then everything was pretty much built by you know, wood mm-hmm. you know, or a cinder block. Cinder or whatever. Blocks, yeah. Mostly. Yep. And so they decided to put it in continuous poured concrete because they figured if there's going to be another fire, it'll withstand it. Yeah, it'll withstand it. So, I don't know when they got it. It's a really, really old building. Love the building. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's just, over the years, it, it, needs, it needs TLC. They need some funding to bring it back to life. Yeah. But their plan is, they're going to be rebuilding it. They keep having fundraisers to try and get money. Because it's going to cost under $2 million, I think, just to bring it to code. Yeah. So, this building has been gutted. There's no walls, not inside, not very many inside walls. There's no wiring. There's no plumbing, nothing. It's gutted. So, yeah. if... It was we, ideal for what we did. Exactly. Because we could do anything in there. Yeah. Um, but it... it so, it's big like, open space. Big open space. what I was trying to come up Three with. floors of emptiness. Yeah. Um, you know... Plus the basement. Plus the basement. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I still wanted to do something in the basement, but you got no access points. Like, you can get down, and then it's sketchy. There's only one way in, one way out. Yeah, one way, way in, one way out. There was another set of stairs, but they had that blocked off. So if they, if they would have been yeah. able to open that up, yeah. you yeah. would have been able to We could have been something. able to play yeah. something a little different. But, hmm. yeah. But it was fun while we did it. It yeah, was. It was. And like I said, I didn't get any vibes from that building. I get more vibes and very, like, my hairs will stand up on end. Hmm. When I'm in the washroom at the honeypot. Ah, oh, yes. The honeypot is noted is 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 said to be haunted. You it's can a local restaurant. It's a local restaurant here on Second like Ave. Yeah, it's a little pub. Um, and you could probably talk to anybody there, and they will vouch that it is. Hmm. I've talked to one uh, lady that worked in the sh- as a assistant chef in there, and she would set. She'd be. Uh, Dicing up her lettuce or or doing whatever, and she'll set something down beside her, uh, move over and do something else, and then go back, and that'd be gone. Hmm. And it'd be over on uh, another table somewhere or somewhere out of her reach that she hasn't even been near. So, yeah. And I, like I said, I can go in the restaurant, I can go in the lounge, everything's fine. But when you walk downstairs and you're into the washroom, I just get goosebumps everywhere hmm. my hair stands up on end you swear to god you're not alone like you get that feeling yeah so hmm. yeah yeah so at the uh the current location of the haunted ho- haunted house 
have you had any experiences there other than just having the feeling? Um, no experiences. Um, like I said, we have we have tons and tons of props, uh, a lot of animatronics and stuff. I have put stuff out. I have set stuff up. I'd be in another room doing something, and I will hear something in the other room. Now, coincidence, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think I'm going to go check it out, no. <laughs> I will continue where I'm at. I'm safer. <laughs> but uh, no, um, I. But I have never witnessed anything in there per se, mm-hmm. other than, like I said, scaring myself <laughs> out of my own stupidness. Um, you know, I've, I working in the, uh, we have a long hallway that we decorate up as a forest and we build a ramp and we walk up the ramp or whatever. And I set a ladder up on the ramp and I accidentally bumped the ramp and the ladder started walking down the ramp. <laughs> yeah. I shut everything off and left. Uh, I was done. That was about 12 o'clock one night and that, I had enough. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, other than scaring myself, I have never met, I, I've never experienced anything yeah. in there. I just get the sense of, you know, the sense of you not being alone in a spot mm-hmm. when you know you're alone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I got that sense there, too. Yeah. Especially in that one room where... Um, the one little room off to the side, off of that one room? No, it was the right around the witch's den where where we had that this past year. It was... You had to divide it. It was the witch's den. Yep. And, yeah, it, in that location there, even before we had all the animatronics mm-hmm. and everything set up, when yep. when you brought, uh, brought me to see the building... Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was some, some things in that room I, I felt. You felt it, yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, you can feel the sense, you can feel a presence, but I've never experienced anything in there yet. Hmm. And notice I said yet. Yeah. Because it is possible. Yeah. So, yeah. But like I said, I don't, uh, hmm. I don't rule anything out. I keep an open mind on everything. Hmm. Uh, like I said, I've, I've seen some stuff that, you know, you just can't explain it. So... Hmm. Life after death, yeah, I'm very positive it's there. Yep. And there is one. So, yeah. I just hope it's a good side to go to. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope it's not too hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Any other experiences you want to discuss? Um, off to the, well, there's one. I don't know if, if anybody has heard of the place back east. It's called the Churchill Mansion. And I sent you a picture of that. Yes. That's the big, big mansion on the hill overlooking Derlin's Lake. Mm -hmm. So years and years ago, my dad used to work there. Now, like I said, this dad, dad has seen things that, you know, can't explain. My, my grandfather, when he passed away, he was, he, he had, uh, uh, prostate cancer. Mm. So he was bedridden Mm -hmm. and we brought a hospital. He didn't want to, you know, he wanted to stay home. So we set him up with the nurse and my dad looked after him. Right to the bitter end. Um, now, my grandfather, um, he was bedridden. He couldn't get out of bed. He was, you know, uh, yeah, the, the cancer kind of, you know, took a beating on him. Yeah. So this one particular night, and my grandfather and my dad and I, uh, every chance we got, we used to go and watch uh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then went, and, and back east they called it uh, Grand, Grand Prix Wrestling. So, you know, it was a thing that my dad and my grandfather and I, we, we get tickets and we, we went to most of them. Every time they came to town, we always went. Uh, but then when my grandfather took sick, we kind of stopped doing that because my grandfather couldn't get out and go to that anymore. 
Well, this one particular night, um, we're sitting, my grandfather's watching TV in his bed in the living room where we had it set up. And dad and I were out in the kitchen doing whatever, I can't remember now. And we heard this noise and my grandfather was talking. And I looked at dad and I said, has he done that before? And dad says, no. So, you know, we're curious. So we get up and we walk into the living room and my grandfather just came unglued on us. And we said, Gramps, what, what, what is, what's wrong? He says, well, you scared her. And I said, scared who? And he says, the lady. I said, what lady? And dad kind of looked at me puzzled and says, there's no lady here. And my grandfather swore up and down. Yes, she's standing right there. And when you guys came in, you pushed her aside and she left. And, um, and, and mind you, my grandfather, he's better. He can't, he, he, he needs help to set up, right? And when we walked in the room, he's sitting up in his bed, talking to this so-called lady. Um, and we figured like, like, so we explained it to mom and mom, like I said, mom was, you know, into a little bit of this stuff and whatnot. And as near as we can figure, we figured that my grandfather was talking to his mom. That's interesting. Um, be, uh, my grandmother or, so it would be my great, great grandmother, I would imagine, I think is how that would work. His mom would be my great, great grandmother. I think so. I think. Um, always wore a dress. Like you never seen her in shorts. Like you always wore a dress. And my grandfather, uh, when dad asked what she was wearing, um, pretty well described his grandmother, like my great great grandmother, in a wedding gown. In the exact wedding gown she gown she got married in. Hmm. And, you know, dad being skeptical, you know, tossed it off until he talked to mom and they situated and yeah, that's near as we could figure, that's pro that's who we kind of figured she was talking to. He was talking to was his mom. But anyway, getting back to the Churchill Mansion part of it. Uh, so my dad, uh, a lot of houses back east, they have what they call a widow's walk. Yep. Uh, and for those of you that don't know what a widow's walk is, it's basically way up on the very highest point of the house, there's a glass room. And windows all the way, all the way around, uh, and that's what they call a widow's walk or a widow's watch. Either I've also heard it called referred to as a widow's peak. Widow's peak as well. Yes. So um, my dad used to be a caretaker at this place, uh, the Churchill Mansion. And sometimes when I would get off of school, I'd have the bus drop me off there, and I'd wait for my dad, and I'd go home with my dad, and I'd help him do yard work or whatever. So this one particular summer, um, dad was out on the front lawn cleaning up some shrubbery or whatever. I'm not 100% sure. And uh, he asked me to go get a tool out of the tool shed. I said, okay, I can do that. So he says, just go around the house. He says, and there's... And, and the old style doors, the old style basement doors where you lean over and you grab the two doors and you open them up right. and you walk down the basement. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's where I had to go to get this uh, pruning shears of some sort. I can't remember exactly what it was. Sort of like a root cellar door? Kind of like a root cellar. Yeah. Yep. So the door was already open, so I didn't have to worry about it. There was no wind 
It was a beautiful summer day. I proceed to go in, go down inside to get the pruning shears that my dad wanted. I got to the bottom steps and the two doors closed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> ever, ever since then, I've never set foot near the basement of that building. Um, mind you, it didn't take me long to get out of the basement once they <laughs> closed. I don't even think I grabbed the shears because I think dad had to go get them because mm -hmm. I would not go get them. Um, Can't say that I blame No, them. no. But like I said, there was no wind. Dad was the only one working. Benson, which would, would have been his name that owned the property, he was in town picking up some supplies for Dad. So Dad and I were the only ones there. And there was no reason for them doors to close. Because when you open them up, they open up and they basically lay right on the ground. Right. Right? So they're open right up. And they're probably, probably pretty heavy too. Well, they weren't totally... They weren't heavy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you had to... You knew you were... They were heavy enough that you knew you were... Closing them. Closing. Yeah. But for other, for, for unknown reasons, how or why they closed, we couldn't figure it out. Hmm. Now, my dad kind of got ugly at me because I didn't bring back the shears. And, I, <laughs> and after I told him that, he says, well, we're, we're, you know, it's just the two of us. There's nobody here. I said, yeah, well, you tell yourself that, you know, because yeah. I'm not going in there. Um, Which probably so, made you even more freaked mm, out because if there's nobody there, who the heck closed who, the doors? Uh, who closed the doors, right? <laughs> Now, in the Blue Nose Ghost books, and I don't know what episode, right across the street from the mansion was what was was a farmhouse, an old farm place. It had some barns, and and I do believe it was like the like years and years ago when they built the place. It was where the employees would live, okay. or yeah. or stay, or whatever. And apparently, uh, for unknown reasons, I'm not sure why and how or all kind of all foggy now um one of the employees hung themselves in the barn hmm. um one afternoon or whatever and whatever the reason was for it i i don't know i i'm kind of skeptic on that i'm uh, kind of foggy anyway and they believe it's him that haunts the mansion hmm. because he was an employee there or at one time or whatever uh but the one particular day my dad now, my dad, growing up, managed a dairy farm. Um, he, I've seen him wrestle cattle to the ground, right? So, I mean, he's not weak, he's yeah. not scared, and he'll take on anything and anyone. Right. Uh, my dad was always a tough one. Mm -hmm. This one particular day, he came home early, and mom asked him why, like, just ran out of work to do or whatever. And dad says, nope. Just seen something I didn't want to see, and I left. No. Oh. But what it was, and it took it took a while to get it out of him. Like it was a couple of weeks before we found out exactly why. But what it was is this one particular day he was working at the mansion, and he was way down in the far corner. The mansion was locked. Dad has the key. Mm -hmm. Um, and he did in in he you know he he pretty well took care of the place while. The owner was off doing whatever, whatever. And when dad was working, if he needed something in the building, he'd go and get it or whatever. He happened to look up this one day and up in the widow's walk was somebody in the widow's walk. Hmm. Uh, he couldn't make out male or female. But all it was is they were up in the widow's walk and they were walking in circles. Just walking around up in the widow's walk. And dad said he, he watched her for a good 
whoever it was, for a good 15, 20 minutes before they disappeared. Hmm. And shortly after that, that was when my dad was done. He finished off, I think, that season and he never went back. Um, and it takes a lot to scare my dad. Dad is dad was the was solid as a rock. Growing up, I can always remember certain things that, you know, um, and yeah, when he told us that and he left the premises and he said, you know, he finished that season and he never went back. Hmm. So it takes a lot to scare my dad. Yep. Um, and, you know, I if he says he's seen something, I do not rule it out. Uh, I've never lost faith, faith, faith in my dad ever. And if he says he's seen it, he's seen it. Do you think after that he believed you with the doors? Oh, yeah. 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 After that, he, you know... Uh, he didn't blame, like, no, he's, he, he really seen the light after that. Right. Because, I mean, and I just looked at him and said, Dad, seeing is believing. Right. Right? And, you know, we, I was close with my mom and dad, not with my other siblings. I only have one sister that I, you know, communicate a lot with. Um, the other ones I don't, I don't uh, talk too much. But, uh if a person ever did get a chance to talk to them, I, I guarantee they they've probably have seen stuff as well, other than myself and you know uh, my uh, my sister and mom and dad. But you know, um, dad did say one day, like you know, getting to the part where um, where we mentioned UFOs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, I know once and it's it's shady. I can't remember the full story, uh, but it boiled down to. Uh, my dad and my brother and one of dad's sisters were running home because they were being chased by a light. Uh, now, I don't know. I didn't, you know, uh, I didn't really ask questions too much about that. Um, but I, I do know vaguely sometimes dad would bring it up and he'd mention it. We'd be talking around and, you know, talking with friends and stuff like that and right. telling stories and whatnot. And every now and again, that story will pop up that it would have been my dad, Uncle Sonny, and my Aunt Mary uh, walking home one night and got chased by, by a light. Do you know how big the light was? Did they ever say? Uh, they didn't really say how big the light was. Mm -hmm. They just said it was getting closer. So the closer it got, the faster they ran. Right. Right? Like, and, you know... Like I said, like I said before, when we first started the pod, you know, seeing is believing. Take it with a grain of salt. Right. Nobody says that you have to believe, but just keep an open mind. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. And like I said, a lot of things that you that we take for granted, if you really think back on them hmm. and start putting, you know, well, this happened at this time, and and you try to connect the dots, so to speak, mm -hmm. you'd be surprised what you'd come up with. You'd be surprised what the answers would be. Which would creep out a lot of people. Would creep out a lot yeah. of people. Like like I said, I sat in my grandfather's um, living room. Like I would spend every weekend, I could not get, I, I would, I lived in the town called Salmon River. My grandfather lived in North Chicago. Now to drive it, 20 minutes to a half hour. Come Friday night, I'd walk to my grandparents for the weekend. Like, it would take me a good day to walk it. What the uh, track? Stick out my thumb, hitchhike if I had to. Mm -hmm. uh, but many a times I've seen myself walk. And um, 
this one particular weekend, watching TV, caught a glimpse out of my 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 eyes. And now my grandparents' house, uh, sitting in their living room, the TV was facing the corner towards the road. There was a big bay picture, a big picture window facing the driveway, and another big picture window facing a meadow, which was across the road. Right. Uh, beautiful surroundings and whatnot. This one particular night, about one o'clock in the morning, I'm watching TV, and coincidentally, kind of like a horror movie. <laughs> so you know, keep an open mind when I tell you this. So I caught a glimpse of something going by the window. Uh, never thought anything of it. I, you know, okay, goosebumps are starting to happen. Uh, I think it's time to change the movie. So I changed the movie to some type of comedy or something that was on. I wasn't. I was wasn't tired. I'm a night owl. I'm, I'm up all hours of the night. You don't sleep. I don't sleep much. <laughs> no. So um, this particular night, I you know, I changed the movie, put a comedy on, and again, seen this shadow, but go the opposite direction now. Um, and I never, ex- I never told any, I never mentioned any of this to anybody, uh, due to the fact is, um, I'm like I said, I need to see to believe. Some things I can see clear as day. Uh, now, believe me if you want. You know, don't believe me. It's fine. You know um, what you see. I know what I've seen. Um, and I don't, like I said, I don't rule out nothing. Um, so I happened to get up. And we had the Venetian blinds where you turn the handle and they flip up. And right. Out, right. So I go to the window facing the driveway. Now... At the driveway, the corner of the driveway, there's a street light, and it lights up the whole, uh, and I would say that would be the whole west side of the house. Mm-hmm. The other window, uh, it would light up the street a little bit, but that's it. So I went to the, the driveway, uh, opened the blinds so I could see the driveway. Nothing out there. Everything was fine. Close that one. I walk out, open up the blind to the front street. And again, the minute I opened up the blind, it was like somebody just ran around the corner. So I said, okay, somebody's got to be playing a joke. So I proceeded. Now, the house is kind of shaped as an L. Mm-hmm. So the kitchen is off to one side. Um, and mind you, this house now to this day is about 140-odd years old. Uh, so um, I proceeded to go and I went to the kitchen. Uh, now, facing to the... East, we have a big picture window in the kitchen facing a pasture, and it's dark. There's nothing there. So I happen to look, and to the left of my eye, there's kind of like a glowing. Never thought anything. I'm still, okay, somebody's got a flashlight. Because, I mean, it's kind of weird that that house is in the dark, but there's a, something glowing over there. Right. So I go to the front door, which is on the corner of the L, the way the house is located. I open the door and we have and it's it's a screen door a winter a storm door we call it yeah and no sooner do i open the door and basically now this is what i seen um i told you about the 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 two doors going into the yes. basement mm-hmm. okay basically i saw one person open a set of doors there was six people carrying a coffin Hmm. And they proceeded to the doors and down the basement. Down in the morning. This is one in the morning (laughs) on my front lawn. Yeah. 
And I'm probably, I'm going to say I was probably 14, 15 years old at the time. And this was when my grandfather had just passed away. He had just, I didn't go to the funeral. I couldn't. Uh, didn't want no part of it. Too close to my grandfather to go through that. So, but I opened the door and I saw a gentleman open the two doors. And I would call it six pallbearers mm -hmm. carrying a coffin. Would enter the doors and walk out of sight. And then the gentleman that opened the door walked in the steps, grabbed the door and closed it behind him. And I never seen anything after that. Do you remember how they were dressed? Uh, would have been modern. From it would have been modern from that right. from that year from mm -hmm. that. So I would say it almost looked like the guy, the gentleman that opened the door, was wearing a cloak with no hood, just a real baggy cloak. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would say carrying a Bible because he had something in his hand, couldn't make it out, wasn't really. And and it it's 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 when you get into that spot that you actually see something like you freeze. You can't move. You can see it happening, just like you can see the back of your hand, but you can't move. You're 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 kind of you're kind of shocked and frozen. And the only time you can move is once it's passed. But I there might be a part of you too that says, if I move, they're going to see me. <laughs> you know, yeah, very possible. My own theory of that would have been the. My own theory of that would have been when my grandfather passed away and that would have been his funeral day because they carried the coffin to, because he passed away in the wintertime. Yep. Uh, so they carried the coffin, they opened the big doors and they uh, they kind of put him on ice, I yep. would imagine, or however they do it in the wintertime. I don't, back then, there's I, I, I don't know what they did. Right. But personally, myself, I think it was my grandfather when he passed away and the pallbearers carrying him off to his resting place. That's what I believe. Not saying that's what it was, but it freaked the hell out of me. I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and I told, I think the only one I ever mentioned that to was my mom. And she says, I wouldn't worry about it. Your grandfather never hurt you when he was alive. He sure as hell ain't going to hurt you when he's dead. Right. So, and nothing was ever brought up after that because I kind of let it go its own way. Yeah. And then... Uh, that was probably the biggest thing I've ever witnessed as in seeing anything. And again, that that to me, I, I, I don't even know how to explain it if it was like a forerunner or if it was, you know, proving that there is life after death or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I, to this day, don't understand why I seen it. I, I, I to the life of me, do not know. Sounds like it was... Uh... What, what we also call residual mm -hmm. or it could be maybe your grandfather wanted you to know that what, mm -hmm. what had happened since you weren't there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So many speculations. Oh yeah. 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 There's, there's so many answers that, you know, there's, there's so many things that it could be and so many reasons, so many reasons why it could be. Hmm. Um, but it was just a part that, you know, the thing I don't understand is how come I seen it. And like I said, I have no witnesses. I was by myself. It was one in the morning. I was watching a movie. Right. You know, like I did every weekend when I went to my grandmother's. And I slept up in the hallway. They had a day bed up, set upstairs in the hallway. I slept in the day bed, in the hallway, with a light on. 
Because back then, eh, me in the dark didn't get along too well. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's just different. It's just something that I can't explain why. I, I, I know it happened. I've seen it happen. But to explain why and what it was, that's the closest I could get to it. Do you remember if there were sounds with that too? No sound. Saw, no sound. No sound. Hmm. It was quiet. Um, Did it look like they were talking and you just nope. didn't hear anything? They were just nope. walking? No, it was just walking. Uh, I can't. couldn't even make out their faces. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, it was kind of like a blur. And um, I don't, I, I don't understand why. And, and it almost like they glowed. Like I said, when I looked in the living in the in the picture window from the kitchen, that area where they were, it kind of had a glow, and I figured somebody had a flashlight. Right. So I never thought anything of it. I said, "I'll go open the door and see who's on my front lawn." Right. And that's what I that's what I seen. And they kind of walked out. Um, they kind of walked parallel to the street. Um, and yeah, I I just I I just don't I don't know why or what. And your mother's response almost kind of tells me that she was a believer and maybe she's witnessed stuff because she says, don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know I know. mom had witnessed growing up. <clears throat> she's walked by houses that uh, uh, there's one particular house in Chabot Point mm-hmm. where my dad used to work and they used to live out there. Uh, about 11, 11, between 11 and 12 at night, they'd walk by the house and they'd hear dishes break. Um, which freaked my mom out. Um, but like I said, my mom passed away. It'd be eight years ago on Valentine's Day. We buried her. Oh. And um, she's told me of places that she's gone that, you know, uh, her dishes breaking, furniture moving, uh, loud bangs and, and stuff like that. A couple of houses. And the house, the one particular house that she's heard it from was abandoned. Nobody was in it. Hmm. Uh, windows were broke out of it. It was just an old house, dilapidated house. And she said every time they went by that, they were not walking. They were like the minute they hit a certain point, gone. They're, you know, full bore running because right. they're not sticking around. Yeah. And, you know, there's... The, don't uh, fail me now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but like I said, our family has a history of paranormal activity. You could talk to probably any one of my siblings and they will tell you, they will come up with something that I'm almost positive they have seen mm-hmm. or they have heard. Um, I can't, I cannot believe that it was, that it's only me and only my dad and only my mom. Right. Or, or same as my sister and my brother. Uh, there's, I'm from a family of 11. My mom raised, mom and dad raised two more, which was my nieces and nephews. Um, so there was 13 of us all together. There's no way just half of us seen something. I'm almost positive others have have heard or seen or, or of some sort. It would be interesting to find out. Yes, it would be. <laughs> do, you, do you think some of them would actually admit it? Or? I, I would say yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, just due to the fact of the history that our family has... I would say, yeah, they would probably admit it. And they could probably tell you, you know, uh, one particular one in my family would be David. I'm almost positive he would tell you something. Another one would be my sister, my oldest sister, Anne. She'd be able to tell you something uh, that she's probably seen or witnessed. Um, and they're all in Nova Scotia. They're well. all live yeah. in Nova Scotia, yeah. Yep. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Maritimes definitely do have um, lots of paranormal activity and uh, even UFOs because Shag Harbor. Shag Harbor is, yeah. an, is a hot spot for that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And again, any of these Blue Nose Ghost books, if you can get your hands on them and read one, hmm. uh, it will tell you Lunenburg County. Uh, there's a few spots in there. Uh, believe it or not, Citadel Hill is in one of them. Hmm. Uh, Halifax. Yep. Uh, I've been know. there. Yep. I've been there. Yeah. Yep. It's very eerie, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, very. Another one. Uh, <clears throat> Anna Green Gables, uh, Grand Prix or Grand Prix, or I can't remember uh, yeah. exactly where. Uh, that's another spot. Uh, like I said, Kenful has a few uh, places. Yarmouth definitely has a few. Shelburne County is another one. Yeah. Digby. Uh, like, yeah, they, they, they touch bases on just about any major spot in the Maritimes. Um, and and they're, in, they're, they're good for reading. They are really good books to read. Uh, very interesting. You, like I said, a person doesn't know what's out your back door if you don't broaden your horizons. Right. Just just search, hmm. you know. Um, and if nothing else, you learn a lot. Definitely. You, don't, you don't necessarily have to believe everything you hear. But just keep an open mind, like I said before, and I've said it quite a few times already. Um, yeah, and you'd be surprised at what you come up with. If you don't believe, it's very interesting to find out. Yeah, yeah. And, and the one thing you can always rest assured on, uh, talk to somebody who lives there. You'll be surprised. And primarily the, the, the elderly ones, mm -hmm. because they're the ones that carry a lot of stories on their shoulders. Yeah. And you'd be surprised what you hear. Elderly people like to talk, too, if, mm -hmm. if you just give them a chance. Give them a chance. They love it. They love it. And I'm almost positive you'll get the odd story that it make your goosebumps have babies too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Well, thank you very much for uh, for being here, Mike. I really appreciate it. Oh, you betcha. Your stories were very interesting. Yep. No, you betcha. Very Never a dull moment. No, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again. You're welcome. You take care. You too. Folks, before we end the episode, I'd like to give a shout out to another podcaster friend of mine. His name is Dr. David Perodin. He has a wonderful podcast that's very informative called the Safety Doc Podcast. Dr. Perodin is a safety consultant as well as an author. He discusses safety preparations and crisis response and prevention. I first heard of him on another podcast with Jim Mallard on the Mallard Report, the fastest hour in paranormal talk radio. He was such an interesting guest. I really had to look up his show, and I've been hooked ever since. I highly recommend his show. You can find it on Podbean, YouTube, and you can follow him on Twitter. Again, that's Dr. David Perodin, the Safety Doc Podcast. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions or comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to purpleplanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 